Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Adjacent. You're listening to the Sports Adjacent. Okay, I like that. I just learned something new today. Adjacent. With Jason Leisure and Russell Dorsey on the House of L Network. We're doing everything I dreamed of as an adjacent. I'm not that guy that changes things on his computer. Yeah. Or at all. Like, that's a perfect start to you being on our show, I feel like, is I'm not changing anything. <laughs> you know me so well. I'm Omar Kelly. I'm not changing anything. You're welcome. I, I'm. That's I'm. The, that's the vibe. Ad- that's pretty much it. <laughs> I'm adverse to change for so for many sure. reasons. Yeah. But, mm-hmm. uh, change is never. Re- change is rarely ever good. This is why all of us were so skeptical when you got married a few years ago. <laughs> <laughs> because this oh. isn't just your issue with the the technology that we're using here. This was like. This is like this. This permeates every aspect of the Omar Kelly experience. And I love it, but I don't have to live with you. (laughs) I don't have to make financial decisions with you. Yeah. I mean, I understand that that was my second marriage. So I was married for 14 years and being single and divorced and running the streets, which you were a part of my life during that era, which was, you know. I was part of your life. I was not part of running the streets. Let's. Oh yeah, absolutely. You were not running the streets. Let's be clear about that in case any of this makes it into the episode. But you that's the era stories. I just entered, by the way. Huh? <laughs> the getting back in the streets after the first marriage. Oh I'm, yeah. I literally just started that, so it's. it's oh, did you? Oh, have you? Oh, Rick, Rick yeah. Camp. Yeah, Rick Camp Freedom Tour. Yeah, the uh, I'm knocking off all the rust. Like the last time I did any of oh, this, app, apps did not exist. Oh, oh, you were like me. Oh yeah. my goodness, yes, <laughs> apps didn't exist. And before, you didn't have to have like a phone call. You had to like call girls and actually talk to them mm-hmm. on the phone. This generation, they don't want to have a phone conversation. They literally <laughs> just want to text to get to know you, and then go out. Take you on a date. I mean, you go on a date, or mm-hmm. maybe they'll come over to your house. That's what I. That's what I got to when I when I eventually got I started elevating my game. I was like, you come to my layer. Let's just make this e- this whole process easier, um, because ultimately, women are just trying to screw you. It's it- uh, okay. That's that's not that's not the official, uh, you know, podcast policy. Sports adjacent <laughs> LLC. That is strictly all market. Uh, this is the part where I need to reset and introduce you so that all further oh. comments can like that can just no. be attributed. By to the you. way, are, are you recording? Oh, we're always recording. <laughs> okay, cool. Yeah. Welcome yeah. to Sports Adjacent. I'm Jason Leisure. My co-host Russ Dorsey is out right now covering the baseball playoffs. And in for him today, we have from the I Am Athlete podcast, my friend Omar Kelly. I'm honored to be here with you, Jason. I'm thrilled to have you on here because I love you for one, but also you're so good at talking. You're, you are such an entertaining and you have such a great combination of being uh, funny and entertaining and smart. And you are, you are absolutely a perfect 
fit for what we do here. I'm also on my own in terms of uh, I don't have my I, we don't have our normal producer. Tony Gill is out uh, <laughs> on the injury report. It would say out wedding. Uh, so as we as we kind of work through uh, as, as we kind of celebrate, is it his wedding or just he's attending a wedding? It's his wedding, Omar. So as we celebrate uh, divorce, I guess, is how we started this show. Uh, Tony Gill is out freedom, because he's freedom. marrying. Don't call it divorce. Call it freedom, liberation, discovery of self. Rick. Tony, Gill. Tony Gill is out because he's marrying his uh, beautiful fiance Stephanie, on Friday. And uh, Tony's going to be out next week, too, I think, because of the honeymoon. Yep. I doubt he'll be producing our podcast on the honeymoon. So yep. welcome back. Uh, I know you were on while I was out, while I was uh, out. But welcome back, our guest producer as well, Rick Camp. I love being here. It was a blast last time. And now getting to, you know, swap out the people that I'm with this time around. Here for it. We are just, you know, it's a shell game around here. That's what we're doing for the, these these couple of weeks and uh, we had Tony out at the beginning of the year, and then I took some time away uh, last month or so. And now Russ is very busy with the baseball playoffs. But the thing, the thing that's great is me and Russ have super talented friends. Like I am bringing, I am telling you, like I don't know if Omar Kelly is known to a national audience quite yet, even though he went to I Am Athlete. I know he's he's really kind of like built his career covering the Dolphins down in South Florida. So if you don't know Omar Kelly yet. You are about to, and you are going to thoroughly enjoy him. Sports Adjacent is brought to you by Sheets and Giggles. You can go to sheetsgiggles.com slash SA, and you will automatically get $230 off their new mattress. No promo code needed. You just go to that link. You'll get the mattress. You can also look around for some sheets on there, man. I love their sheets. The 100% eucalyptus sheets, so soft, silky smooth. you got to get those. you got to put those on your bed. Uh, you know, ad-lib, inappropriate Tony Gill endorsement here. One word cupping thank you i i got a mattress on the way and i can't <laughs> wait to check it out so go to sheetsgiggles.com slash sa use that link you will automatically get 230 dollars off your purchase we're also brought to you by bet mgm you can uh you can go to uh you can download the bet mgm app and uh we got a great offer for you if you bet ten dollars on any nfl game you win two hundred dollars in free bets, if either team scores a touchdown, any game you want, you can bet on it, bet $10, you get $200 in future betting credits uh, with BetMGM. So go get their app and use our promo code ADJACENT200. Um, Omar, I believe that you were, uh, we're going to get to a, we're going we're gonna to introduce you here uh, a little more thoroughly, but I want you to continue the thoughts you were on about uh, advice for Rick Camp as he re-enters the streets. One. Am I saying it right? Yeah, no, no, he is okay. re-entering the streets. Um, put some work into yourself, understanding who you are, what you want. Um, you definitely have to upgrade upgrade the wardrobe. I don't know how, when's the last yeah. time that you, you know, went shopping for yourself. I would say a good safe dollar amount, probably put mm -hmm. $300 in. New shoes, new pants, new date shirts. Those are, those are important. Yeah. And Bumble is your friend. Bumble is was a very good place for me. Now, which um, one is Bumble? Is that for real relationships or is that just a sex one? None of them. No, none of them are for real relationships. <laughs> okay. um, I'm not in any of these apps. Tinder is for sex. Okay. Yeah, Bumble is where women, professional women usually, which is why I like Bumble, mm -hmm. they're the ones that have to basically initiate the conversation. Once they initiate the conversations on you, but they're basically saying, hey, I'm interested. And then you do your thing. 
But I found Bumble. I know there's more now since I I've been out the scene, but Bumble is very good for me, and I and I've recommended it to a lot of guys, and they they've also enjoyed it as well. That's good because that's the one that uh that I signed up for. Okay. So. All right. Yeah, so I got good. some uh, consultation on the profile and the pictures and all that stuff to. Yeah, know. we got to go over the pictures too as well. That's and you fair. Got to learn how to look at and identify a young woman's pictures based on what she's trying to hide and based on okay. what she's trying to show off. See, also make sure in your profile pictures you don't have any mm-hmm. pictures of any other friends. That that just throws it off. Oh, see, I see. The thing is, like. I'm the friend to keep around because I make everybody else look better. So it's a loss oh, from jump Rick, in that regard. On, wow. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Is it good to put self-deprecation as a positive skill? I think if you can make them laugh, the, the number one trait to me is, can you make a woman laugh? And if you can make a woman laugh. So wow. um, you have it, said it, a lot of things already on this I'm, that uh, I'm, I'm taking detailed notes. Listen. I'm taking detailed <laughs> notes of what we're going to have to edit. Because, <laughs> see, you just work at this I am athlete where you can say whatever you want. I can I, say whatever I want. Listen, I know. I have to corral I, I still my... work. I still work. I'm, you know, my main job is still, like, as a public media member. Yes. Imagine me, because you know me, Jason. Imagine yes. me telling guys, uh, you can't say that. Like, let's tone it down. Like, my guys are Pac-Man Jones, LaShawn Shady McCoy, at Brandon Marshall. Brandon Marshall, yep. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And so there is – and my boss, my CEO is Brandon Marshall. So – Oh, my gosh. Yeah. There, there's literally <laughs> nothing that you – like, Like they smoke marijuana on the show. Like, not to say that that's a bad thing because marijuana is one of the – biggest growing businesses in all of the United States. You, you, you get in marijuana, it's going to make you a billionaire. But um, it, it, anything goes pretty much. I drink green tea on our show. That's about as wild as it gets. Russ, has, Russ when he's in, has a uh, glass of wine or something every now and then. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar with our guys here but um, that are normally in, but Russ Dorsey is uh, on a show five days a week called The Rally on Valley Sports. He's their national baseball insider. He's based here in Chicago like me. Uh, Tony Gill works at NBC Sports Chicago. Rick works at The Score, and he pops up all kinds of other places. Um, we are a Chicago-based show, but we don't aspire to just be a Chicago-centric show. We, we talk about whatever. Um, and so having you on is fantastic. We're not going to talk about the Bears. We're not going to talk about Justin Fields, any of that sad stuff that uh, that gets people to tune out. It's basically just Dolphins North. If you need a quick point of reference, it's the same. I, I'm, I'm almost good. in every I, way. I'm, now, now I cover the entire league, so I'm quite aware. Isn't it I'm fun? Not, I'm not. I'm not looking for, forward <laughs> to that Thursday night game. Isn't it fun watching other games? Ah, uh, I'm not sure. So I, I met Omar Kelly uh, when we were both covering the Dolphins, and which I left that four years ago, I think, and have been covering the Bears since. Uh, Omar and I, as I, I love Omar. Uh, I like so much uh, about him, and, and not just uh, professionally how he does things, but personally, um, a good friend and an interesting guy. But it didn't start out that way. I don't think we liked each other very much at the start. I didn't, I this didn't is a rare example like of things getting off to a bad start. But coming around, both of us kind of came around on each other. You grew on me. Same. I didn't. I didn't not like you. Um, I, I'm. I'm always attracted to deadpan humor, and you had that, and not <laughs> many people have that. You know, 
the 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 dry sense of humor like not many people have that and i love i i absolutely love it and adore it not everybody gets it i've found a lot of times over the year and that that's on that's on me not everyone uh it's it's great to be like i'm so funny and the rest of the world doesn't get it it's <laughs> maybe it's you <laughs> but i have found i have found throughout my life that uh a lot of times people don't know when i'm joking or not and it is like it's A, it's not funny, and it's B, it's maddening. It's like, well, does he really think that, or was that a joke? Um, I, I didn't like you very much, uh, and it was before I'd even met you, because I only knew you, even though I'd been in Miami for a while, you'd been in Miami for a while, I'd been covering the heat and other things. Uh, I only knew you from your Twitter. And I want to make very clear that I am friends with uh, real-life Omar Kelly, but I'm not really friends with Twitter Omar Kelly. I'm not even sure I know that person, they're, but I definitely same, don't like that person. They're the same people. They're they, not. They, they, I, I think they are, but I, I could be wrong. I could be discouraged from thinking that they are. I, I think they're the same person. Just the the Twitter version is a little bit more aggressive. It was very aggressive. I remember before I started, I was I was in this transition period of going from covering the Heat to covering the Dolphins. And I was started following all the people that uh, were going to be on the beat. Um, very few of you guys I knew. Uh, and I remember there was some tweet about Omar. It was some like kind of, um, what do they call it? Subtweet about how Omar is the only one that tells the truth about the Dolphins. And I was like, this guy, I don't like this guy already. He's cringing at his own tweet because he knows what it, he knows. I, what it, I didn't, I tweeted that. Like, something, I, something to that effect. Something that you, how could you be surprised by that? But I came or I, but as I was in there and got to know you much better, like the real human person, Omar, and not yeah. Twitter, Omar, everything that you are good at everything you do. And so it is not surprising to me at all that you have transitioned to podcast host. And I'm sure you're going to be great at that. And I'm sure the idea of you being the standards and practices department is scary to me. Like it, it's scary to me as well. They need also, to bring in maybe someone to help you as far like the idea of you setting where the line is and Brandon Marshall being the guy that looks over your shoulder to see if he agrees with that is that no, it's going to be fun. We talk about you, the I am athlete podcast quite a bit around here. Actually, there's always something you guys are doing on there. You uh, I think it was before you went over there, but they had Jamarcus Russell on like we, th this is a great, great show. It's very well done. And I think you're going to fit in great there. But while I was, I was curious. I wanted to ask you about going from very successful journalism career as a writer to this. And I went back looking through your tweets, trying to find like, where's his tweet where he announced this? And maybe he explained it a little bit. Cause I think I had seen it at the time. Um, and I just couldn't find it, Omar, cause you tweet too much. Like Twitter used to put on your profile, like how many people you follow, how many people follow you and how many tweets you've done. Yeah. And they took that down. They don't no longer say how many tweets you, and you're probably the reason. Because they just like even the even the bots can't keep track of how much you tweet. So and, and you help know what's me. Funny, I've, I've kind of stopped tweeting lately. Um, and that's, it's a hiatus. No, that's not true. I couldn't find the, any tweet from you announcing your move because there's so many tweets. Oh no, no, no! But I, I, since I've done this, I, I don't. I might tweet and and keep in mind because you know me. I might tweet at the max five times a day. That's 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 low for you. Yeah, you have cut back if that's the case. Yeah. So um, I'm just trying to find myself and find my space and find and get comfortable in my roles because I'm also the producer of the show. 
I've got employees now. Imagine that. Um, and, and understand I Am Athlete is a very important space for our culture because it's a podcast that speaks to our culture. And it's not just about athletes. It's about music. It's about entertainment. It's about, you know, cultural topics like we, we're doing a lot. We're doing a tour now and we're actually in we're actually in Philadelphia tomorrow. Um, and so imagine talking to a tour audience that that's, you know, and and opening, you know, being I'm kind of like the opening act or I'm the host. And, mm-hmm. you know, people, you know, from from our D.C. show, which was sold out last week, you know, the air conditioning because, you know, it's D.C. They don't really turn on the air conditioner in, in these cold states, which puzzles my mind. But it's 50 right, degrees. They don't. But there was a room full of about 300 or 400 people and they didn't turn on the AC. And so all you're doing is you're sitting there watching people fanning themselves and you come on stage 20 minutes late because, you know, these shows are running 20 minutes late. So imagine walking up on stage. There's 300 people, 300, 400 people looking at you and they're all hot and annoyed. Yeah, and, <laughs> that's, and that's not a good start. Yeah. And, and that's the energy that you're coming into. So. It was a reality check for me. Like I, I, I know the com- comedic set, not my, not my thing. Like you know, you can't diffuse a room of hot and annoyed people. It, it's it. There's a challenge to that. So, um, doing a live tour, we're learning a lot. We're experiencing a lot. We're we're trying to figure out how to make a a, a live experience translate to a video experience, and it's just. The, the reason why I took this job is because, one, this is new media. And you could say whatever you want about where old school media is or, or, the, or social media is going. But this is how people are getting their information. This is the conversation. These, these are the ways people are having their conversations. And it was important to me to, one, help clean up the business, help the process become a little bit more organized and more, most importantly, in, inject journalism into it and inject mm. integrity into it um, and make sure that you're not just giving athletes an, an opportunity to just spout off what they want to spout off with their agenda, but also challenging them with the questions and challenging them with the information and the feedback and, and making sure that you're not going to be on, on, you know, unaccount, uh, you know, somebody's not going to hold you. There's not going to be a checks and balance system in terms of the things that you say and do. Yeah. It's interesting that you put it that way because these guys bring credibility because they're recognizable names and people, but you add real credibility to this in like what you said, being a journalist, being you add journalistic credibility to this. And this is a show where there's a lot of just kind of popping off and ranting and goofing around. Like it's interesting to think of how journalism applies in that. And the idea of kind of a neutral party being in the middle of this as a host and pushing back on ideas and challenging someone to really explain what they think. I like that. And I would imagine that the listeners like that. You would. How many, how many, how many years did you cover the Dolphins? Uh, 15 years. Yeah. So this is something people need to know is you were really in, in our field as sports writers, in my opinion, you, you were at the top. I mean, you were where you wanted to be. You had, you were at a major newspaper in South Florida, Sun Sentinel, um, covering an NFL team. You had climbed even more recently into like more of a, columnist type yeah. role. I, I know you had done columns before, but it was more just like, like full on 
Dolphins column. It was a great job, a job that everybody wants to have. Every sports writer wants to have. Um, you were there. You had it. You had what everybody has been shooting for, and you left that. How much of that had to do with you being dissatisfied with doing that and continuing to do that? And how much of the pie chart was just the enthusiasm about this new and very interesting and compelling project? As we discussed earlier, change and me generally don't go well together. Um, so it was a scary proposition for me. But the one thing that I realized about myself at probably my 30s is I had worked so hard, tremendously hard to get to the position that I was, was I, when I was a I told this story earlier today to a group of kids at, school, at schools on Zoom. When I was in junior high, I was in eighth grade. My SGA advisor was also our PE coach and also our basketball coach. I was on the basketball team, but I was a horrible player. But my dream was to be an NBA player. My PE coach, SGA advisor, knew that that was a horrible idea. It was never going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> and took me to a New York, uh, took me to a Miami Heat. Chicago Bulls game with the tickets that were given to the little poor schools, which I was part of. And we're up there in the nosebleed seats and we're there super early. And he says, okay, they're doing shoot around. And he's like, look at everybody. Look at the guys on the court. At that time, media members sat courtside. Mm -hmm. Look at the, look at the referees, look at statisticians, look at the executives, look at everybody who was involved in the production of this game. He said, you can do all of those jobs. You just can't be on the court because you're not that talented. That's such a and good message. So kids need to hear that because how many middle school and high school kids do you hear talking about? I, my plan is to make it to the NBA. And what you don't understand is a, how hard that is. And it's hard. You don't want to like crush kids dreams, but like, buddy, you can be an accountant and make it to the NBA in a way. Yes. Yes. And I really took that to heart. He was like, you could have any of those jobs. You're talented enough. You've got the skills to have any of those jobs. And I, in my mind, created the vision. I'm You guys, because you covered the heat, you guys sit courtside. You get the best view of the game. That that was back in the day because they, they took those seats away and sold them now. Um, they did. And I was like, that's what I want to do. And so I figured out a path to get there. And then I was like, oh, I want to become a columnist. I want my picture to be in the paper so that people can hear my opinions. Oh, I want to be a radio host. So, you know, did that too. And at, what, 12, I was like, that's my dream. I want to be a columnist. I want to have my opinions about sports be what my community is talking about. And unfortunately, I got there probably 32 so imagine your life's goal. You've dreamed and aspired and worked hard. Mm -hmm. You get there at 32. And then you're like, and, and it's a dying business. And I was wrong time. Yeah. Wrong time to get in. I was ultimately like, now what? And what I realized is I didn't dream big enough as a kid. And, and part of the reason I didn't dream big enough as a kid was because in the environment I came from, I didn't get to see much. Like I, there wasn't much to see to aspire you didn't see representation. Absolutely. I mean, there was you, no you, representation. There was right. Bill Cosby on TV as a doctor, his wife as a lawyer. And that was so unrealistic, uh, living in a brownstone in New York. And then I saw um, the, the different world where 
I saw these kids, African-American kids go to an HBCU, which I was like, oh, I got to have that. So I went to Florida A&M and, and lived that life. Um, but that was my rep. That was what I saw. So that was what I wanted to become. And then I saw African-Americans as sports journalists, Drew Sharp and, you know, and, and Steve Weish. And I was like, man, that's what I want to become. But what I realized is I didn't dream big enough and I didn't set my goals high enough. And ultimately, when I realized that, I said, hey, I want to be a producer of television product and television shows and mm -hmm. things of that nature. And I made that dream for myself. And I've, I kind of vocalized it to Brandon Marshall many, 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 many years ago. And here is this guy who basically builds a media company and like, hey, this is your dream. OK, here it is. Go do it. And so when somebody presents you that opportunity, whether you're prepared for it or not, you have to accept it. And this job is probably the most challenging thing that I've ever done because one, as I said, we represent the culture. And so these, and we're in the middle of a divorce with our fan base. We've got nearly a million subscribers and half of them went with mom. Some of them stayed with dad and some come visit from time to time. And Every, everybody's not happy. And it's my job to, to sort of sort of try to fix it and, and address a lot of the problems and issues that people are having. And it's not, it's not easy. Can you help us real quick before we proceed? Can you just for, uh, I'll admit I'm not in on a lot of how this went down, but also for our listeners, can you give us like in a nutshell, what went down between I am athlete and the pivot and why the split and who went where? I can only I can only speak from an outsider's perspective. Um, it came. Well, you came down, in after the split, right? Yeah, I came in after. Okay. The split. But you have some idea. You can explain. Yeah, yeah, that. yeah. I, I can I can put it in 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 the way that I look at it, in the way that, that that I think many in the audience look at it. Four individuals started the podcast together during the pandemic: Brandon Marshall, Fred Taylor, Channing Crowder, and Reggie Wayne. Reggie Wayne was eventually subbed out by Chad Ochocinco after Reggie Wayne decided that he wanted to get into coaching, okay? They uh, had a conversation about how do we want to do this? Do you want to get paid per episode or do you want to become a part owner? If you want to become a part owner, it's $35,000 for what our initial investment is. Some people want to be part owners. Some people want to be employees. Okay, nobody envisioned that the podcast would take off the way that it did. Mm -hmm. When it took off, the initial investment went from $150,000 to $500 to $600,000. After it took off, the people who said that they wanted to be investors were like, yeah, here's my $35,000. Like, oh, well, wait, 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 wait. That's right. <laughs> yeah, now Fat I'm Joe, in. As Fat Joe would it's, say. It's like you want to place a bet after the game. <laughs> thank you. As Fat mm -hmm. Joe would say, yesterday's price is not today's price. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's uh, uh, They figured out based on the evaluation of what the product, product is worth. And... Then Brandon Marshall was the sole investor in terms of money, production. Mm -hmm. A lot of the talent would just show up on days or shooting the episode, tape the episode, go home, then promote it after the whole team created all the content and gave them the things to promote. So ultimately it became a, a debate and discussion about ownership versus talent. The members who were the talent basically said, Hey, we can do this on our own without you and start our own thing 
as owners and we don't we don't need you. And so Brandon Marshall and Chad Ochocinco were left behind and Fred Taylor and Channing Crowder went their way with, with the I Am Athlete producer and formed the pivot with Ryan Clark. Brandon Marshall has been left trying to put pick the pieces together since then. New host, uh, Pac-Man Jones, new host, um, um, Shady McCoy. And it's just been a, you know, an, an evolution, I would say. And part of part of the issue that we're having is new host means new chemistry has to be developed and and the new audience has to get comfortable with the new individuals and and things of that nature. And, and, and you know, it's been it's it's been it's been a challenge. But you probably needed a challenge. You personally, like you were probably up for it. Uh, you, you've been doing the same job for 15 years. And I don't know about you, but like the monotony of the job is hard. And I, no one wants to hear about how these jobs are hard covering NFL they teams. Don't. Nobody wants to hear it. They don't. Um, and so I'm not going to like, you know, belabor this point, but there are parts of every job that are not that fun. And the Dolphins and the Bears have both been like the same team for 30 years, pretty much with a few, you know, every now and then there's like a good, you know, team that bears went dysfunctional. Dysfunctional. You can say it. You can say it. Sometimes, you know, they they both like will pop in every now and then playoffs, but with a team that everyone knows isn't really that good. And you get to a point once where a it's decade. like once a decade, once a decade. I always hear players, Omar, talk about how like, you know, you pay me for the work I do during the week, and then Sundays are free. And I think you and me both are at a point where it's like whether you cover the Dolphins or the Bears, you're paying me for Sundays too, because this is work sitting through this. Like Sundays, <laughs> Sundays aren't even that fun. Yeah. So you um, probably were in vigor. I mean, how old are you? You're you're about my. You're like I'm 40 45 now. Yeah, yeah, you're 45. Well, you and I are about the same age. Campy, are you the youngest person here on this show? I think so. I'm 36. Oh, okay. you're you're a baby. We're, we're, we're all kind of in the same ballpark. All kind of around 40. You probably needed something to. You probably needed that spark, didn't you? Didn't you need creatively and just like to kind of like for your motivation, just to like even though you had gotten to the point where so many people are trying to claw and scrape to get. Yeah. I mean, you needed, um, a, you needed something, I think. I was bored and I needed a new challenge. You're correct. In hindsight, I did not know I'd be waking up with the weight of the world on my shoulders every morning and, and my decisions impacting other people's livelihood. And, you know, I did not know that would come with the challenge and know that me making a decision, for example, today, this week earlier, I asked my editing team to cut up something for a promotion based off the live tour. Then when I looked at it after they've spent hours cutting it up, I realized, eh, this is not good enough. We're not going to put it up. So all these seven, eight hours that they've spent cutting it up, editing it, doing, taking the audio, getting the color corrections. Right. On a whim, I just like, eh, on, on second thought, you know what? Eh. Well, this not time. on a whim. No, not, not on, on a whim. whim. I, but I had to make it. Somebody's got to be the decider on this stuff. Yeah, but that that comes with pressure, and yeah. that's the thing. You you know you know me, and, and I'm not bragging, but my product was good, and the Sun Sentinel enjoyed benefiting from the product. But I never really thought about them or cared about. I cared about them as a paper, but mm-hmm. it was me. And they figured out a way to work around me. That's absolutely true, by the way, about your career as a writer. And it's one of the things I admire a lot 
is there is no question about it that you did it your way. You went about it the way that you wanted to do it. And that was successful. And I always like when people do that as a writer, as anything. I love when somebody says, I'm not going to try to bend this to what I think will will be profitable or be what a company wants or whatever. I am going to use like the personality that I have been given that I was born with and I'm going to shine in that way. And there's no doubt about it that that's you. And here's, here's the reason why that's important. Cause what I've learned and, and I'm sure you've learned at this point too, people are going to dislike you. Oh man. I know that very well. <laughs> what people are going to dislike you, hate you, think the worst of you, whether you're the fake simile of yourself or the actual real version of yourself. So imagine a group of people out there disliking you for the fake version that you're pretending to be <laughs> as opposed to like you actually being you. I'm faking like, it and they hate me. I get like the worst of both worlds. Absolutely. <laughs> and then the effort, I, I always tell this to people, including my wife and people I date. I am a horrible liar and I'm horrible at hiding my face. Mm -hmm. Like it's one of those things where it's like, if I'm bothered or I'm annoyed or I think something is stupid or, or, or I just, maybe I'm in love with you. My face can't hide it. And neither so, can your Twitter. <laughs> Omar, Omar never hits the X to cancel a tweet before he says. Oh, it. I do now. I do now. So I, <laughs> since I've, I've, trust me, that this last year, and that's when I knew it was time to go. I found myself censoring myself just because I didn't want the drama. I, it's true, though. It's like, what's nobody's paying me to send this tweet, and now I'm going to deal, like, all I'm going to get is my phone blasting with notifications, and, like, it's a whole, it's going to be a whole ordeal that I'm just not interested in. Absolutely. Like that, I would tweet out the most, I would just tweet out my opinion and there's 500 responses. I'm like, I don't need that. I don't want that. Like, yeah. so, so I would, so I'd start filtering myself and you know me, you knew the real raw version of me. You knew me, you knew divorce me, which was, <laughs> which was, I'm at a depth of pain that I'm going to make you feel. Like you, you're gonna, your team is bad. I'm in pain. I'm gonna make you understand how bad I'm gonna take it out on the pages of the Sun Sentinel, <laughs> yes. but also they deserved it. It was just pure mediocre. Oh, it was a joke filling error. I mean, I, I totally. People, everybody's like, you were right. Like, I'm sorry, Joe Philbin had no business being a head coach at all. Zero. Rick, isn't that what happened here? Yes. Isn't that what happened here with me and Neggy? Yes. Everyone, at my first season, Omar covering the Bears was 2019, coming off their good year. And I immediately, they were like five and one in 2019. And I'm immediately like, no, this is not a good five and one. This is not headed anywhere. And everyone's like, oh, you're negative. You're negative. And yeah. not, not Nagy. Nagy was a class act. I, I have a lot of respect for him uh, personally. I just don't want him coaching my team at all if I'm running a team. But, but people were so mad about that, Rick. And I was on pace right away, Ryan Pace, right away from the beginning. And people were so mad. And then a couple of years later, didn't it? I mean, am I wrong? It it played out exactly like you were saying. And just in terms of, yeah, you know, this, this it's going good now, but keep an eye on X, you know, look at why, you know, Matt Nagy's always looking for those whys. you know what he did? He never found them. Like that was the problem. And it, yeah, it ended up coming to roost. I, I did the same problem last year with the bulls. Like people thought because I was hosting post game on the flagship that, well, you have to be rah-rah all the time. I'm like, 
maybe like during the post game, I can't, you know, I can say something. If Bill Wennington opens a door, then I can walk through it. Sure. But on Twitter, I was like, eh, this team's not that great. And, uh, you know, it happens and people get mad at you, whatever. Omar, they get so mad when you tell them this isn't going well. And then in the end, when it hasn't gone well, they're fear- They're like, why didn't you tell me? How come nobody in the, in the soft, scared, I went Boston accent there for a second. Media, I don't know soft, why. scared media. Everyone yeah. soft, scared media protecting their relationships. How come nobody told us? And I was like, I was like, guys, I've been screaming it. I've been screaming it. And you've all been mad at me about it. And, and what I realized was, and this is where, like, I try not to tweet about Dolphins right now because I want all the other guys that are on the beat. And there's a, the whole cast of, of young guys who are trying to find their way and trying to find their identity and trying to build their audience. And I'm not there on a daily basis, so I don't know the inner workings and don't talk to the people. But I know that the fan base feels a void because I was – real and authentic with them and i tell them like you know when i was covering the team i'd say talented roster but when injuries start to set in at these particular positions you're going to be a trash team Mm -hmm. so better hope that these individuals stay healthy all of those individuals are now hurt they've lost two straight and 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 hopefully Tua comes back I'm, i'm a Tua believer even though the fan base thinks i hate him because if you're not a Tua apologist if you're not on two and on, and you know, oh yeah, we've named the two and on. That's good. Um, I like that. If you're if you're not a member of two and on, and you say anything negative about two or you question Tua, you know, you're not a supporter. But I, I'm a believer in Tua, and I think that he has what it takes to become an up echelon quarterback if he can stay healthy, which has always been my concern. And so we'll see who they really are, but they're not a very Okay. You're kind of fizzling over into Dolphins talk and I'm losing interest. Let's take a break. You you really want to talk about Devontae Adams? Like you why do you not want to talk about Devontae Adams? You don't find um, this interesting? I think it's the least interesting of, of the topics um available this week. Because... All right, well throw me that's fine. Well let's let's audible. Here, you well, well, the podcast. What's, what's, ha- what's happening to the league in regards to how they're protecting quarterbacks? Okay, we can talk about that. Like, you're upset about uh, Chris Jones being flagged. Oh, for those, those plays for were tackling Derek Carr while he had while Chris Jones had the ball in his hand. Incredible. And uh, Grady Jarrett with the uh, the basically just the kind of hug and the wrap up and pull down of Tom Brady. Like, can you? Isn't the goal for a defense? How do they? How do defensive linemen get paid? How do they become twenty million dollar players? Sacks. Sacks. Even the D tackles, like that's it. That's disrupting, what you get. Disrupting the quarterback, getting after the quarterback, hunting quarterbacks. So now you're telling them you're hitting him too hard. Or like the Chris Jones play is, I mean, literally, that's a turnover. If they hadn't called the penalty, it would have been a play that was reviewed and Kansas City would have had possession of the ball. How it possibly is that a ru- I, I don't even understand how that could be a roughing the passer call. And Roquan and I, Smith of the Bears said that uh, he he didn't like either of these calls, but the car the one on Chris Jones was far worse because he had never seen anybody called for roughing the passer while holding the ball. 
That's a great point. It was a sack fumble. He couldn't have done anything better other than score a touchdown for his position. And it turns into a negative play for him. I'm like, it's unbelievable, but it's all a domino effect when your team, when, when the Dolphins are on national television, Tua plays through a concussion the week before because you look the other way and then gets hit or has his head banged on, 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 on the field and then throws up like gang signs with his hands unintentionally and gets carted off the field. That's like, think about, think about a mother of a kid. Like I never let my son play football and he would have to have fight me to death because I I agree with you. I have daughters, so they're not really interested, but like, I completely agree. Like there's, there's, and my, my, my point to, I, I don't go around telling other people how to parent their kids, but I have had this conversation with close friends of mine who want to have the conversation and have, they have sons. And my point to them is always, there are so many other sports to be good at and enjoy. There are a bunch of other sports. That sport is so brutal and physically challenging. Then at the youth league, it's so poorly coached. Um, and it, it, it creates the rate of youth ACL tears. All one sport. Oh, that's not even like the, that's just like a pedestrian injury. Oh, my, yeah. my leg, my leg doesn't work. It's just like a, well, whatever. That's typical football. I mean, we're not even talking about the real serious injuries. Yeah. So, and so, you know, and I, I looked at it as when Tua got hurt on national television and the league got embarrassed for, uh, let's say three weeks. Cause back by the time we got to Sunday, three days, three days, the league got embarrassed for three days. By the time we got to Sunday and we saw some violent football, we were like, oh, okay, we're bad. That's how it always is. We're always just, we're done. Yeah. Yeah. Those three days of embarrassment has put every defensive player at a disadvantage because now you can't hit the quarterback too hard. Right. Well, both of these things, it's interesting that you've tied these two things together because I hadn't made this connection until now, but they both fit together in a way of it's just all it's about is these quarterbacks being on the field. Just yeah. keep these quarterbacks on the field and they can play through a concussion, but they can't, or a head injury. Okay. Whatever, or whatever they want to call it at the time, they can play through that. They can go out there and play concussed. They can't go out there and play on a, a bad ankle. So in both cases, it's like, it's just about making sure that Patrick Mahomes or Tua or whoever is playing because as much as you might appreciate you specifically as a football aficionado, you appreciate someone like Aaron Donald, or Indomitian Sue, uh, nobody's tuning in to watch those guys. Nobody's as great as great as Aaron Donald is. And, and, nobody's and tuning in about, to watch that. That's not why. Standpoint. If you if you have a Rams game on and Stafford is out and whoever the backup quarterback is in, immediately lose interest. Absolutely. And when you're a sixteen billion dollar business, there's a reason why quarterbacks make two hundred million dollars now. And if you think about it. There are probably what, maybe, and I'm being generous, 20 good quarterbacks in the league. And so let's say five of them get hurt, uh, yep. you know, se- season ending or on concussion protocol or what happened to Dak Prescott. Then you've got what, 10 good quarterbacks in the league? Like mm-hmm. the league can't survive like that. So they're doing what they need to do to protect their $16 million business. Now, is it fair for defensive players? No, but they get it. They're just the drapes. 
they get their cut in a way too. I mean, what's good for the league financially is usually good for them, but that is still a tough thing to accept. And basically you're accepting like I'm the bad guy. Like I mean, but you I, we're, we're making a movie and I'm the villain and you know, yeah, the villain gets paid too. You were the bad guy though. The, the villain gets paid too, but it's not that fun. I mean, think about it. I, and I always say this and it always bothers me the most. A cornerback can't touch a wide receiver. A wide receiver can push off from a corner, push off a cornerback. It happens regularly. But the what game that they've constructed is the game that I want to watch, by the way. Like, I don't want to sit through some 16 12 mess. Like, I want to watch 45 42. I want to watch Bill's Chiefs last year. Like, that's that's the game I want to watch. And in general, like this is this is we're all very hypocritical in this way of we're talking about all these player safety issues, but like you said, when you criticize the public for this. I think we're all included on it. Like we're, we're still ready to watch. We're still ready to watch on Sunday. Like we don't object to it that much. No, we're, we're still going to line up and watch it and, and complain about it. And, and, and now that I, cause we have on, I'm athlete. We've got a, a national show on Sirius, um, mm-hmm. mad dog sports radio channel 82 from seven to nine Monday through Friday. And this is where the athletes are on. And we've got, we've got NBA players. We got, Antoine Walker and Auntie Chantel Trimitaire and and you know we're not just football, but you know what the public wants to talk about, or you know what a serious wants us to talk about? Football. Football, 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 football. And so you gotta own it. You got you gotta own it and you gotta understand who you are and where you are. And this is a league that's driven by offenses and quarterbacks and scoring. And as a defensive player, you you just got to understand where you fit in. And you're the drapes in, in the house. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. This is bullshit. Time to call out the world's hypocrisies with bullshit. High quality bullshit. <laughs> World class designer bullshit. To be sure. Bullshit. Presented by Sheets and Giggles. They just say whatever they think will interest the audience or make it appear that they know what they're talking about. And what comes out is bullshit. I call bullshit. Omar Kelly, welcome to I Call Bullshit. It's, uh, it's a weekly segment where we call bullshit on something in the world of sports and it's brought to you by sheets and giggles you can go to sheetsgigglescom slash sa and you'll get 230 dollars off their new mattress no promo code needed these mattresses are designed for perfect comfort uh to keep you cool like perfect like medium level support i've got one on the way i can't wait to sleep on it i will let you guys know 
how that goes. Uh, go to sheetsgiggles.com slash SA and you'll automatically get a $230 discount in your cart on their new eucalyptus mattresses. Uh, we're calling bullshit on Ben Simmons. Omar, we talk about Ben Simmons like one out of every three episodes on here. Okay. Did, did you see the viral video of Ben Simmons at a Brooklyn Nets, uh, I guess, promotional event? Yes, I did. Everybody did. It, 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 for the, but in case you're one of the few people that hasn't, uh, like I always tell my, I always will like make reference to some one of these things to my wife, and she's so busy, like she never has any idea what oh, I'm talking about. So for my wife and anybody else that maybe didn't see this, uh, Ben Simmons, you're familiar with, of course, but they're at a uh, they're at an outdoor park shooting, and Ben Simmons, there's this viral clip of Ben Simmons shooting a mid range jumper that is. I, it's so far out of the strike zone. It's such a bad air ball. It's such an air ball. Didn't even hit the uh, rim. It's not, it didn't hit anything. It's probably still floating into oblivion right now. Um, and uh, he's always here for us, Ben Simmons. We appreciate that he is always providing content. Uh, his his defense of this, talking to ESPN, was that, hey, other guys airballed too. They just didn't get videos made of it. But ben Simmons was talking about how, like, he just keeps running into all of this, uh, you know, backlash and – Twitter hate and everything. And I don't support harassing people like let the guy live his life, but this is the world we're in. This is what you expect. Uh, he says it finds me all the time and it doesn't bleeping stop. This is to ESPN. Sometimes I'm even sick of it, but then I'm like, okay, I'm Ben Simmons. You know, it comes with being Ben Simmons right now. Even the other day, there was a clip of me airballing a shot at the park. Meanwhile, like 10 guys airballed multiple shots. That sounds like probably an exaggeration. I don't think a 10 other NBA players airballed multiple shots. It's just, that's just my editorializing. So it's like people will find one clip and try to make it everything. Ben can't do this. Like, come on, man. You think I'm just airballing every shot? Not every shot, but some. Not every shot. Yeah. It's true, but it comes with it. And you have to have tough skin. And I realize I can't take everything personally. It's social media. I, I don't feel like Ben Simmons has tough skin. And I do feel like a lot of the Ben Simmons stuff has been brought on by Ben Simmons. Um, I don't know. I'm called bullshit on that. You're calling bullshit on me? That's fine. Look at how Doc Rivers kind of undressed him after a playoff game. Can you win a championship? And yes, it was a question, but you're my head coach. You're, you're supposed to defend me. And Doc Simmons is a very good and very aware media savvy guy. Mm -hmm. And maybe that injected doubt in his mind. You know, the one thing that I, I do respect about this era and generation of, of athletes is that they're not pretending like these things don't bother them. They're not pretending like these aren't mentally challenging things. Yes. And you're that, even hearing coaches kind of acknowledge that now. They're like, hey, we're not telling guys to stay off social media. We know it's not realistic. Yeah, they, they, they're, they're, they're addressing their social anxiety. Ben Simmons probably has anxiety from shooting and anxiety from performing in front of crowds now. And who are we, outside of the fact he's getting paid quite well, and who are we to chastise him and judge him for something that probably a lot of us suffer from? Um, or or struggle to deal with criticism or you know or 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 you know a, a crowd an angry hostile crowd you know he's not a good shooter I'm sure he's probably worked on it but he's probably terrified to shoot at this point as and it's probably some probably needs to be hypnotized or something for him to get 
some confidence in his jump shot. He probably never intends to shoot a football, a basketball anymore. Like open shot. Will he take it? Probably not. It's interesting. And, Cause I feel like you're kind of on an Island in this position. Cause especially when you kind of give some credence to him, you know, maybe he has anxiety. I don't think he has said that, but he has talked about, Oh, I don't think he said that specifically. Did he? I know he's talked about his mental health and he had the whole thing with Philly. Um, I saw that and, and I, I really at the time, like was not wanting to look at it this way, but I was very cynical about that. It felt like this was the first time where somebody was taking advantage of our compassion and sensitivity toward that. This was a lot different than like Simone Biles, for example, stepping out of the Olympics when very clearly she would have no one's nothing to gain by doing that. Oh, ben Simmons oh I, think doing, I think it's, I think it's very real. And I know it's Ben very- Simmons doing that during a contract dispute is what felt questionable. Um, ben Simmons did it. He needed to get away from a fan base that despised him. And I think that that's valid and real and, and created a level of anxiety. You got to understand. I, I worked for Brandon Marshall, who was the first professional athlete to come out and tell people, Hey, I'm dealing with something. It's a mental disorder. And this isn't just going to go away. At the time where he came out and said, I'm going through this and I have these issues, borderline personality disorder, which is a disorder not a lot of people know about. I told him, you can't do that. You shouldn't do that. And he was adamant about, hey, somebody needs to step forward and say, we go through this too. We face these things too. We deal with these issues too. There are athletes that are out there that have anxiety, that are bipolar, that are depressed. Think about John Wall talking about thinking about suicide. Right. We see these guys as bigger than as 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 sort of our gladiators or or our mutants, and we don't realize that they're people too. And I think Ben Simmons falls into that category. I know he's talked to Brandon Marshall. We tried to book him for a show for the show um, last season. You know. This is mental. This is mostly mental. Like, you think this guy isn't shooting because he hasn't worked on his jump shot. No, he's not shooting because he's probably battling with anxiety, as a lot of us do. And how is he going to get over that with a coach that doesn't support him and a team that's kind of attacking him? Think think about um, Embiid. Embiid and, you know – and a city that's hating him, like he needs to get out of there. So this is a new day and age of athletes acknowledging that, hey, not everything is okay, and money money doesn't mask my pain. I like this. I like Omar Kelly bringing some good nuance to this and calling bullshit on my bullshit. Something too off of that is then the balance of being able to like criticize his game and what he lacks in his game we you know whether it's just because of just straight not like not being a good shooter or the fact that he's not shooting now and being able to strike the balance of understanding why that's the case but also here's why it hurts them on the court like as a you know the the overarching as a basketball team and being able to break down you know like then it comes to like if this is a playoff thing and mind you, I think the nets are kind of structured pretty well to let him be the center sometimes. But if there are going to be times where Ben's mad that he's not on the court, but in a, maybe a specific matchup, 
it's because they can't have another big out there. So it's the balance of like, we're supporting you, but also we got to get these wins, especially if we're talking the playoff setting. I'm dying to see how that works in it with the nets because they've got a team full of guys with issues, mental issues. Mm -hmm. Like the whole squad is mentally challenged. It's a, Uh, it's a compelling experiment. Um, I don't think it's going to work out very well. I don't either, but I'm, I'm very curious. And, And, you know, that's why sports psychologists exist. Maybe there's a sports psychologist who's out there who can convince Ben it's okay to shoot shots. It's okay to make your free throw. If he only if he became an 80% free throw shooter, think about how good he'd be. Like, I'm not talking about him shooting three-pointers at a at a 35% clip. No. Just make your free throws. Uh, he's not even at that point right now. And, and I think a lot of that, come on, we we all see it. Like, remember, Shaq used to be able to hit free throws with ease when he's practicing and when the arena isn't filled, the minute the arena is filled, he can't, he can't shoot free throw. High call bullshit is brought to you by sheets and giggles. You can go to sheetsgigglescom slash S a, and you'll get $230 off their new mattress. No promo code needed. That's sheetsgigglescom slash S a. Football Roundup. Come on, it's time to play Football Roundup. Brought to you by BetMGM on a Sports Adjacent Podcast. Football Roundup is brought to you by BetMGM. This is where we just get you caught up, Omar, on everything that you might have missed, all the important news from the recent football weekend. Uh, You can go and download the BetMGM app, and we've got a great offer for you. If you bet $10 on any NFL game at all, you win 200 in future betting credits if either team scores a touchdown. That's all that has to happen. Just use promo code ADJACENT200. Uh, BetMGM has every kind of sports betting you can imagine. NFL, college football, the baseball playoffs, uh, NBA and, and NHL will get going very soon. You can bet parlays, individual player props, uh, all these things. Just use promo code ADJACENT200 to get those uh, betting credits on any, any $10 NFL game bet as long as one of the two teams scores a touchdown. Uh, visit betmgm.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of older to, to wager. Valid only in states where BetMGM is legal. New customer offer. Uh, I want to start with Justin Tucker. I don't usually enjoy uh, talking kickers and watching kickers play, but this is the most fun kicker because not only is he uh, great, you know, maybe the best kicker ever, but uh, he knows it. And if you saw him against the Bengals, he was four for four, hit the game winner from 43 yards. But Omar, the 58 yarder where he, then he turns and like taunts everybody like challenge me. Come on, try, try me. Yeah. The swag, the charisma. I I love it. Um, You know, I don't talk special teams. Kickers and punters aren't real football players, Um, but it's important when they, when they actually make those game women kicks and, and he's the best in his business. Well, and when you have, it does matter when you, especially when you have the option to try a 60 yard field goal, when you have that as an option, instead of punting. I mean, no, 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 no. You can try a 60 yard field goal. It's just not going to necessarily be automatic. Your, right. your, your percentage is probably not that high. Well, so, if you're Baltimore though, you can legitimately try it. Oh yeah. I think 57 is like legit range for him. 
Uh, Kim Kardashian went to the Rams Cowboys game in LA and uh, they always have celebrities at the Rams games and they highlight them on the, on the jumbotron, you know, just like Knicks games and things like that. You Lakers make me think about who she's dating. Like who, who, which did she pick up a Rams player? Go ahead. Continue. I don't know who she's dating right now. I don't Now that it's not Pete Davidson. I don't know. Is there someone new? Yeah. You're not up on this. Okay. Well, when they put her on the jumbotron, she was booed. The stadium booter. I was very surprised by that. I thought that public opinion had kind of turned in Kim's favor as Kanye has gone a different direction. And I feel like, especially in LA, I thought I didn't, I was very surprised she would get booed. Am I wrong? I think, and it's interesting because you're doing this in Chicago. I don't know if I would cheer for her, but seeing where Kanye's life is spiraling out of control and he was one of my heroes in my adult life, which is pretty sad. And to now see what he's been lowered to, which is basically a troll, it's it's very hurtful. And I think a lot of people might blame Kim. And the divorce. And, you know, hell, I've, I've been there. Like, divorce is a very tough time. So I, I don't know if that had anything to do with it, but, you know, I realize now in hindsight for the years that they were married, Kim was hiding a lot of Kanye's craziness and, and, and masking it and making it look good right um, now. It's, the craziness is unleashed. I could see that. I don't really, I didn't really know that much about actually about Kim Kardashian. Obviously everybody knows who she is. But uh, when I watched, I'd never watched the show. I was aware of it like everyone is, but I never actually seen it. And I saw her interview with David Letterman on Netflix. Have you seen that? Yes, I have much. There was so much, uh, she was so much smarter and had so much more depth than I expected. And that's on me for, you know, making a judgment off somebody I didn't know, but the way, the way she talked and explained things. And like, you could tell there's much more there than someone who's just quote, like famous for being famous. It's funny that you say that because I can make the same correlation to somebody that she was connected to. Before Reggie Bush became a Dolphins player, I had all these preconceived perceptions and thoughts and theories about him, and none of them were accurate Mm. when I got to know him and meet him. And in fact, we just shot an I Am Athlete episode with Reggie Bush, and pretty good episode where he's basically demanding that his Heisman gets, you know, gets given his Heisman back and is trying to clear his name about being extorted by these two guys associated with um, him and, and explaining why his family was was in a loner house. Good episode for those who haven't seen it. Just go to I'm Athlete and look up Reggie Bush. But when I got to know him and got to cover him, he really taught me that the image that people portray you as in the media does not necessarily reflect who you really are. Yeah. And from that point, I decided I would never judge anybody until I actually got to cover them and see, you know, see who they are and see how they tick, you know, and, and Brandon Marshall is a perfect example of that because people don't realize how intelligent he is, mm-hmm. and how smart he is. Um, and, you know, he's a, he's a genius. Um, and he was a genius when he was playing football, too, which was a part of the challenge that he had with a lot of the coaching staffs that he had, because he'd tell people this isn't going to work for this reason. And a lot of times they'd turn their nose up to it because they thought they were the smartest person in the room. And coaches don't like being challenged. No. 
I think you and I have that in common in terms of uh, something I've always respected about the way you did that job. And, and it applies now to the job you're doing now um, is just we both are driven to really understand the hard what to makes, understand people that we what makes somebody tick. Absolutely. Yeah, the, the hardest have... the hardest person in that locker room to understand uh, is the person that I want to. That's talk you. With. Yes. And Absolutely. I think you're the, I think you're the same way. Yeah. But we both have been stumped by Robert Quinn. Me at multiple locations. That was just that... neither of us get him. But did you have him and in we Miami? Both, and we both want to. Yeah, I had. I was there one season, overlapping with Robert Quinn. Uh, but, just, but he went to Chicago, and you had him there too. Still, he's still there, and uh, great guy. Just, I just can't like. I can't understand him. that guy. I just no. can't grant like he's so different. And and uh, I, one of the players had just said this too the other day that like I was explaining this to Eddie Jackson, the safety uh, on the Bears, about how part of my goal is to understand guys. And we had just done an interview, and I said the guy that I just can't crack, the guy that I just can't get, is Robert Quinn. And Eddie Jackson's like, yeah, I don't either. And and in a complimentary way, like everybody likes Robert Quinn. I thoroughly enjoy Robert Quinn. He's a very nice man. He's just, he's complicated and he's different. He's just not like everybody else in there. And I feel like neither of us has, that is, that may be the one thing that you couldn't conquer in your, uh, in your writing career, Omar. And Dominican suit too. They're guys that just, they're guys that want us to understand him. Yes. They don't want want to. No, they Robert don't Quinn, understand. I don't him. feel like Robert Quinn is playing defense against us understanding him. He's just super complicated. I I absolutely can get that. Like I stopped trying to figure that riddle out. And there are riddles. There are riddles. We're there complicated are. humans. We are. And football that that and football players are absolutely no exception. And professional athletes are absolutely no exception. Exception. True. Uh, Omar, lastly, from uh, the football weekend, Odell Beckham tweets that the Rams, quote, didn't offer me anything to come back. Uh, then he tweets that they that he continues that they did offer him, but it was way too low. Um, Sean McVay says the negotiations are ongoing. I would still take him. He's 29. Like, he was good. Last time we saw him, he was catching a touchdown past the Super Bowl. And I think that they could use the help. Like, I would still want Odell Beckham. You know what makes me very uncomfortable about that story and and all of these stories about guys coming back from injuries? What are we, 10 months after? No, he Super Bowl was February. We're like eight months out from his ACL. I'm sorry. I'm from the old school coverage where you aren't really supposed to be back until nine to 12 months for an ACL. And that's just back working. And you're not fully healed until the next year. And this day and age where people are pretending like an ACL injury six months just makes me absolutely uncomfortable. Adrian Peterson ruined it for everybody. Oh, but that guy wasn't human. So no. that is that does seem to be the general timetable now uh, that guys are expecting. Then you're surprised when they don't. But and, and now I'm seeing the Achilles is 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 speeding up as well. Um, to some unreasonable, I'm like, do you realize how tough an Achilles injury is? It's, uh, I think it's worse than the ACL, really. Yes, I it think is. Almost anybody would tell you that. Um, can I ask you a quick football question while we're talking football? This is just, and feel free to dismiss this out of hand if you want. Are the Rams okay? The Rams no. are two and three. They got a bunch of tough teams coming up. Are they going to be all right? No, 
because they're uh, you you know you know what I love. I love trench play, and their trench play is trash. And you there's you can't do anything when you don't have a good line. You can't run. You can't protect the quarterback. When you can't protect the quarterback, you can't facilitate the passing game. When you can't facilitate the passing game, you can't convert third downs. When you can't convert third downs, your defense is on the field for sixty-five to seventy plays a game. Mm-hmm. It it's just a snowball effect. It, it, You're describing how the Bears played the last few years. That's and, that's like and every the Dolphins, Bears game. Yeah, and the Dolphins too. I'm sorry, I've always viewed this, and you know this, Jason. You fundamentally quarterback is tremendously important. Right after quarterback, you know what you need to do? Build him a brick wall. Build an offensive line that can sustain a running game. Running game helps your defense, helps your quarterback, gives you shorter third down efficiency. If you want the the the, the build a football team for dummies, okay, get a quarterback. And then after you get a quarterback, build your offensive line. Uh, yeah. Football Roundup is brought to you by BetMGM. Download the BetMGM app and uh, you can use our offer. Bet $10 on any NFL game and you'll win 200 in free bets if either team scores a touchdown. Just use promo code ADJACENT200. That's BetMGM. Omar, would you like to hear the news we didn't get to today? Yes, absolutely. Are you familiar with Jason Peters? Yes, I am. I absolutely love Jason Peters. I got to cover Jason Peters for one season last year when he was 40 years old and the Bears were desperate uh, because they didn't have a left tackle. It's funny that you mentioned not planning at left tackle. That's kind of what happened last year for the Bears. Uh, Welcome to your rookie season, Justin Fields. But Jason Peters came in. He's like 40 years old, comes in for a million bucks. And uh, I like I the first day he came in and did his introductory press conference, I like sat up straight. Because I knew I could tell there was a grown up in the room, and I was like, "All right, this is serious." Um, I immediately respected him, and uh, uh, the week that uh, the week that Matt Nagy was out with COVID, it was like Jason Peters was in charge. Jason okay. Peters was Jason Peters was like, I mean, he wasn't officially in charge, but he was giving us injury updates on other guys, and who's going to tell him not to? Uh, Jason Peters now in Dallas, still playing, mm-hmm. and so here's what's interesting about this: is they're playing Philly. On Sunday night. So here's what Jason Peters, while with Philly, said about the Cowboys in 2018. He says, it's just an arrogant organization. Everybody. America's team. Right now, they're not winning. So let's see how many people jump off the bandwagon. Now, this week, talking about Philly, he says, and I I think he means this as a compliment. He says, I just know the Philly fans are bleeping idiots. They know that. They pride themselves on being nasty, vulgar. They're going to cuss at you throw stuff. Philly fans is the wildest fans out there. All a compliment. I think he does mean that as a compliment, and I think it'll be taken that way. Uh, Brent Musburger, still kind of hung up on Catherine Webb. You're familiar with the origin of this story from the uh, the 2012 championship game? Oh, oh you're not? Really? Wow. Okay. Well, this will be good then, because I'm going to have uh, Rick Campbell bring you up to speed on this. So 2012 championship game, Alabama, Notre Dame, I believe. I think I covered this game uh, in Miami. You might have been there. No? You weren't covering the 2012 championship game? All right. So he may, he's you know, kind of uh, drooling over A.J. McCarron's girlfriend, Catherine Webb, a shot of her in the stands. And, uh, well, here's what he said. Rick can read it for you. And now. Rick Camp. Reads. 
Now, when you're a quarterback at Alabama, you see that lovely lady there. That's A.J. McCarron's girlfriend. Wow. I'm telling you, you quarterbacks, you get all the good-looking women. What a beautiful woman. So if you're a youngster in Alabama, start getting the football out and throw it around the backyard. That was part of the broadcast. And, Sounds uh, like great advice. Well, he's hung up on this, and he just said recently on the uh, the Shamrock podcast, he said, hey, hey, kind of dismissive of this again, and this has come up many times. Brent Musburger has defended this many times. Uh, I called a beauty queen beautiful. I was the villain that night in the eyes of the media, especially the woke journalists in some of the papers around the country. You know, technically, if you if you do a transcript of what he said, it, it maybe there's nothing that bad. But it, it's one of those cases of it's not what you said, it's how you said it. Yeah. And he was 70 at the time he was 73 and she's 23. And it just all it was missing was him dropping in like a hubba hubba. <laughs> that's that's how it read, too, when when uh, Rick read it. So Rick, Rick performed it well. Yeah. Right. Uh, a, a wild story here from Hamilton, Mississippi, a local daycare called Lil Blessings fired four employees for scaring children with Halloween masks to get them to behave. And we've heard some crazy stories on here about daycare because Tony Gill, our, our, uh, our regular producer, told us about a daycare that he went to as a kid where they would tell them if they didn't take their naps, they would put a turtle on top of their head and the turtle would eat their hair. This, this goes even further than that, though. Putting on these, like, scream masks and running around. Uh, there's three viral videos of these where uh, employees are chasing kids around yelling, you best be good and clean up. Uh, all four of these people have been fired. Yeah, you're not getting the best quality care at daycares. I mean, think about the credentials. Not all daycares. Daycare. Yeah, no, I not all daycare. But yeah, yes. there's good ones, but uh, Lil Blessings doesn't seem to be one of them. Maybe they'll clean up their act at Lil Blessings after this. Uh, my thing is, how do you get kids to go to sleep scaring them? In a well, how do you get them to clean up? If the goal is to get them to clean, they're not going to clean up. They're running In the videos, they're running and screaming and crying. Like Nothing's getting cleaned up. This is a terrible idea. Absolutely. Uh, Jamie Foxx. Uh, Jamie Foxx, our, Saw uh, that. Yes, our co-worker. He's our co-worker at BetMGM. Uh, yeah, you saw it. Well, I'm sure what you are referring to is you saw that he was denied entry to Cardi B's 30th birthday party in Hollywood. He wasn't denied entry. His party was. He couldn't get in with five. And I've been I in those situations. With ten. He said he had a party of ten. It came out later. Ten? He was trying no. to get in with ten. Ten didn't fit into the Rolls Royce. Uh, well, I think he had others coming. TMZ reported that he had a party of ten, and they didn't have the space to accommodate that. Wow. Did you, did you watch the whole video, though? Yeah, I watched the whole video. Yes, it, it 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 does take a funny turn though, because you see him park in the middle of the street, and he gets out and he's changing shoes into some special shoes uh, behind his car in the street. I don't know why. You know, Jamie Foxx, busy guy, maybe he didn't have time. Uh, and he he walks up to the entrance of this club. I think it's called Poppy or something like that in West Hollywood. And uh, it's the classic like TMZ video where he's trying to push his way through a crowd. People are yelling, Jamie, Jamie, what do you think about doing any given Sunday too? Or something like that. Uh, And he he finally gets to where he's going. He fights through all of this and all the camera flashes to get to the gate, to to, to the door. And then he turns around and gets back in his car. (laughs) I, I, it's first time I'd seen anything like that, especially with a celebrity. And now that I, I know what it's like to, you know, you're, you're the comp guy and you got plus one, plus two, 
but then you're trying to get in with five, like, and he's a celebrity. Five, maybe. Ten, not happening. Especially because you, you could hear them talking at the See, you know, I, I, I did the clubbing thing, Jason, when, you know. When you were in the streets. When I was in the streets. And you could see them talking that they were already at capacity. And, and you know, you, like, I could hear that. And I know that talk. And it's like, you know, we're at capacity, fire code. You, you, you know, that it's all the same excuse if, if you know, we could let you in. But then, you know, if the fire code, if the fire marshals oh, come. come they're nuts. They can't be saying that to Jamie Foxx, though. You'll take a fire code violation for Jamie Foxx. But here's the thing. You, got, you can't show up to the club super late. And I don't know what time it was he very late to the party. He was that was reported to by TMZ. Yes. See, so you can't. I mean, and Jamie Foxx is a professional party goer. Like you know the rules. You can't show up to the club super late, and then you can't try to get it ten in. I I don't believe you with that. It's ten. I think they're just the club is trying to cover themselves. I think it might have been five because I looked at the entourage when I saw that there. You know, he couldn't get in. I was yeah. like, you know, as a as a party goer. I'm like, yeah, his entourage is probably too big. And so I started counting around his entourage. Five, maybe six. Ten? This is one of those videos where they say, you know, stay to the end. Because as he walks away, Jamie Foxx very clearly had his feelings hurt here. Because the the guy at the door, the door guy, like, goes and, goes and follows him and chases him down and says, no, 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 we're good, we're good. You can come in. And Jamie Foxx goes, no, we're not good. We're not leaves. good. <laughs> yes. And he leaves. I'm taking my Jamie Foxx and going home. <laughs> and finally, Omar, uh, uh, one, another tradition on our show. Uh, I thoroughly enjoy stories of foiled animal smugglings. And we have another one this week. Yet another case of someone trying to sneak snakes across an international border in their pants. In their pants. <laughs> yeah, that's a move. I can just picture being interrogated and being they're like, hey, 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 hold on a second. This guy was trying to come from Canada into the U.S. Uh, and I can just see the customs agents being like, what, what, what's that in your pants? The guy's like, oh, no, no, that's a snake. I mean, that's not a snake. I have trouble keeping the lie. Yeah, yeah, that's not a snake. Uh, Calvin Bautista, a 36-year-old man from Queens, uh, New York, was indicted on a charge of smuggling three Burmese pythons in from Canada. You know about the Burmese pythons. It's a big problem down in South Florida. Yes. Invasive species. Yes. He was, trying uh -huh. to bring in, he was trying to bring them into Canada. He was trying to bring them from Canada into the U.S. He's from well. New York. He went into Canada and got these, I guess, and then was trying to bring them back into the U.S., into New York State, and uh, was caught, shockingly. that It's really hard probably to sneak around with three Burmese pythons in your pants. I would think it's nearly impossible. Just I would think so, too. How long of a bus ride would that be? Oh, I mean, I feel bus? like, yeah, he was coming in on a bus and, uh, boy, I better, I got to get better at giving you all the details of this. How but did it was he get caught on a bus? But well, they check bus. I mean, they check. He probably had him in his bag. He had him in his pants. Yeah. So here's the, here's the part for me is, so the New York state, uh, department of justice says that the max sentence on this is a $250,000 fine and up to 20 years in federal prison. And I looked up like, okay, what's the play here? What's the risk? Like, what, what's the risk reward on this? Like, how much are Burmese pythons selling for? And if you had like an albino one, it looks like just on a quick Google search, 
the most you could sell one of these for is like three grand. So best case scenario, you're selling these three pythons if they're the albino pythons and they're valuable for nine grand versus potentially quarter million dollar fine in 20 oh, years in federal not, prison. Not even the quarter million dollar fine. But think about the 20 grand in, in legal fees and, and lawyer fees. Yeah. I just, I never understand people thinking that they're going to get away with sneaking animal and they must. I mean, some people must get away with it, but I feel like, I feel like you're definitely going to get caught sneaking a live animal through an airport or a border crossing. Like you were just asking to get caught. The lesson learned crime doesn't pay. Well, it does, but it doesn't equate to what your real bills are when you got to hire a lawyer and a legal fee and, you know, pay fine and court costs. That's good words of advice to the children. And mostly it is children that listen to this show. So I'm glad you said that. I miss you so much. Our main demographic is uh, fourth to sixth grade. That's the news. Thank you, Omar Kelly, for uh, for joining us and filling in for Russ Dorsey. Russ, I think we'll be back next week. we got to figure it out with the baseball schedule. But uh, really, really loved having you, Omar Kelly, from I Am Athlete podcast. Uh, you were fantastic. And uh, we'll hope that you'll be back on again. Always a pleasure. Anytime. And Rick Camp, thank you, buddy. Rick. Uh, Rick I, I say this as an absolute compliment. You are no Tony Gill. <laughs> I mean, I kept all the, the thoughts inside. And you know what? They're not as inflammatory as Tony's. Even though He's still trying to get the bad thoughts out before the, the, the wedding is over, which is bad. What are you talking so, about? What do you mean? Okay. What did he say? So here's the thing in, in the group chat with myself, Lawrence Holmes, Herb Lawrence, Tony Gill. Okay. The old uh, score crew. Yes. I put in a picture of the, the Culver's Curter burger because this came out today. It's essentially just a Culver's burger, but instead of putting cheese on it, there's a cheese curd that's essentially the size of the patty. And it's actually, it's incredible. Omar doesn't eat cheese and uh, I don't think they have Culver's in Florida. So you should just try your best to follow along, Omar. So Tony's thing is he said he doesn't like cheese curds. Okay. And we're like, okay, we have decent cheese curds here. We're close enough to Wisconsin where you get the real deal. This seems odd for Tony. And then Lawrence immediately replies, let me guess. You're cool with mozzarella sticks, though. And Tony's like, yeah, of course. Yeah. Basically the same thing. Yeah. But Tony said, uh, let's see his couple quotes. Mott's is the only cheese that can be fried. That's one quote. Second okay. quote. Also, curd sounds like turd. <laughs> okay. I mean, he's correct in the sense that they rhyme, but that, that doesn't affect anything. I, about... I think he's accurate on both statements. Okay. So this Sports, is... Adjacent, Sports Adjacent is brought to you by Sheets and Giggles. Go to sheetsgiggles.com slash SA and get $230 off their new mattress. They got them in all sizes. They're shipping them out. Mine is on the way. I can't wait to get it. Uh, designed for just perfect firmness and comfort. Uh, not too hard, not too soft. Just exactly what you're looking for. Designed for airflow to keep you cool. They're sustainable. So many good things about these mattresses. Go check them out at uh, sheetsgiggles.com slash SA and you'll get $230 off. Thank you to Omar Kelly. Thank you to Rick Camp. And uh, we will see you next week on Sports Adjacent. Thanks for listening to Sports Adjacent with Jason Leisure and Russell Dorsey. Be sure to download, subscribe, and give the podcast five stars. You can check out the latest episode of Sports Adjacent on all digital streaming platforms. I'm very much adjacent. For a couple hours, I thought I was hood. 
But then all that happened, I was like, you know what, James? You adjacent to the mother. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, Place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.